It's a reflexive question most of us ask when we start a conversation, and it's one of the easiest and most challenging questions to answer. How are you? Every time it comes up, I find myself hesitating just a little. This is especially true in the last year, when it feels like an extremely loaded question. Our question this episode: How far do you go when you answer, "How are you?" Welcome to episode seventy-eight of How Can I Say This, where we look to build connection and community through courageous conversations. I'm your host, Beth Bilo. Thank you so much for being with me today. This topic of how to respond to "How are you?" has been on my mind for a while, even predating the pandemic. I admit to not knowing if asking this routine question is common outside of the United States, and I would actually be very curious to know if other cultures have this same habit of opening a conversation with both friends and strangers with "How are you." If you're a listener in one of the 80 other countries outside the United States who subscribe to this show, and you're willing to share your experience, please be in touch and let me know. I can be reached at Beth at HowCanIsayThis.com. I am sincerely curious. But I wanted to acknowledge at the top of the show that this topic might be speaking mostly to my American audience. Let me start with a quick story. Back in January, my husband fell on some ice right in front of our house. He managed to tear, or maybe it was break—I've not been really clear on that—a ligament in his right knee. Thank goodness I was home, and thank goodness we have health insurance. We were able to get him to an emergency room and get immediate help. Surgery followed a few weeks later. And while he's fortunate to have gotten the care he needed and is on the road to recovery, it's not been easy. There have been okay days and bad days, but frustration and boredom and pain were the norm during those early weeks. So when a friend from a weekly gathering texted him a few days after his fall with the inevitable question, "How are you?" he wasn't sure how to answer her. He asked me, "What should I say? Do I tell the truth?" This is the challenge. There's many things to consider. One is the relationship. They've known each other for about a year through these weekly gatherings, which often involve conversation around personal topics. He considers her a friend, but they've not socialized outside of the group. Then there's the way the question came to him. It was through a text, which seems best for short responses such as "I'm doing well," rather than for giving details on aches and pains. Then there's the bigger context of being in a pandemic when everyone is suffering in ways large and small. Sometimes we hesitate to say how we're really doing because we don't want to burden someone else with our troubles. We don't want to be a downer. We don't want to sound like we're complaining or indulging in self-pity, or we dismiss our problems, thinking that they are trivial compared to others. Now, even considering all of these factors. I said to him, "You should tell her how you're really doing. You're friends, and she's sincerely asking you. She wants to know the truth, not a sanitized version of things. You don't have to give her the gory details, but be honest. It's the respectful thing to do for the friendship." And so he did. He gave her a high-level response that shared how frustrated he was, without going into too much detail. 
She wrote back a supportive reply. I think she even made some jokes. She thanked him for sharing, and she offered her own perspective on times when she had been in a similar situation. They had an exchange that I know was meaningful for my husband and has deepened their friendship and trust. A few weeks later, when his surgery was scheduled for a day that included a speaking engagement that I couldn't move, we asked if she would be willing to pick him up and bring him back home. And she didn't hesitate. She said yes. We were so grateful, and I knew that her support came from her heart, not from a sense of obligation. That support wasn't all because my husband chose to be honest with her when she asked, How are you? But I do believe that his honesty played a role. As I mentioned, when I'm on the receiving end of that how are you question, I sometimes hesitate. It's a split second of thinking, wondering how real I can be. This is true even when I know the person is asking, not out of social niceties, but because they really do want to know. I had two calls last week with colleagues that I don't know really well, but when they each asked me, How are you? I could tell by the inflection and tone in their voice that they wanted me to answer with more than, I'm fine, how are you? So I did. I tried to keep my response brief, but I offered some personal information that honored their sincere desire to know. I feel like it almost would have been disrespectful if I had just said, Oh, I'm doing good, how about you? And when I asked the same question back to them, I found myself listening more intently and, of course, learning something new about them and their lives. Part of deciding how to respond is based on the nature of your relationship. If you're in a coffee shop and the barista asks you how you're doing, it's appropriate to say, I'm doing okay, how about you? Sometimes, depending on my mood and the energy I'm getting from the other person, I'll share a little bit more. It might sound like, I'm having a good day, or I'm tired, so I'm treating myself. It's a small moment of risk-free human connection between strangers, and I find whenever I do it, I feel a little lighter, even a little happier. If it's a professional colleague, you would do well to consider the boundaries that you want to have between work and your personal life or how what you share might influence your credibility or reputation. It's not that being honest is a bad thing. In fact, I tend to err on the side of being fairly transparent in the spirit of connection and trust building. If we give someone else a glimpse of our inner life, that gives them permission to do the same, and that strengthens our connection. I choose to share a bit more with people that I want to get to know better, and I do tend to hold back and give a more generic answer if I know I want to keep a firmer boundary. With friends and family, I'm practicing being more truthful. You would think that it would be easy to share real feelings with people you know and love, but even then, it can feel vulnerable. Sometimes, to share how you're really doing means that we might face questions or feel like we have to tell more of the story than we're ready to tell. I've definitely experienced that, and I'm guessing you have too. I know that if I say, I've had a rough day, the other person, who cares about me, probably will want to know more. If I know I need to acknowledge that it's been a hard day, but I don't want to talk about it, I might say that. I'll say something like, 
It's been a rough day, and I'm really not up for talking about it right now. I just wanted you to know in case I seem a little grumpy. Whether or not I decide to share might depend on whether we're in person or on the phone, texting or emailing, what I know about what's going on in their life, or just how much energy I have. The main thing is to remember that if someone close to you asks how you're doing, use it as an opportunity to deepen the relationship with an honest, real response. You don't have to share the entire story of what led you to feeling the way you feel. But it feels really good to speak your truth and show that you trust the other person to listen and to care. Before your call to action, I want to share a quick story. And I can't remember if I've already shared this here, but even if I have, it's worth sharing again. Let's rewind and go back to mid-April 2020, when at least here in Michigan, we were about a month into a shelter-in-place order. It was still cold and gray. Spring is very slow to arrive in the Midwest. And we were overwhelmed by coronavirus news. On one particular day, I received cancellation notices from three different in-person events that I was registered to attend, all of which I was looking forward to. In getting that news, something in me just broke, and I felt deep sadness about all of the change and the uncertainty and what seemed like relentless bad news. I texted two of my neighbors. I said, I need to break something. Do either of you have an old chip dish or something you don't mind donating to the cause? Within 30 minutes, one responded that she had a few cracked dishes that she had just put into the trash that she'd be happy to dig out for me and leave on her front porch. She then wrote, also happy to sit and chat if you need it. Just a little while later, she, the other neighbor I texted, and I were standing, socially distanced of course, in her front yard. We talked for maybe 10 minutes. In fact, I think I might have even gotten a little teary. But it was exactly what I needed. I texted to them afterwards. My heart feels a little lighter now. I didn't know either of them well enough to spill everything that was upsetting me, but I trusted them with just enough that I felt profound relief after the conversation. In fact, I still have the dishes my friend gave me. I didn't end up smashing them because the 10-minute connection, that sense of seeing and being seen by someone who cared to listen— that was enough. It was a great lesson early in the pandemic that asking for support is absolutely necessary. And that goes hand in hand with being honest when people want to know how you're doing. Here's your call to action. When you're asked, how are you? Be thoughtful about your response. Try not to default to just saying, I'm good. How are you? Consider the nature of the relationship And if it's a friend or a family member or someone that you want to have a closer connection with, offer an honest response in the spirit of building trust and respecting the other person. Like I did with the two colleagues I mentioned earlier, if you sense in their tone that they're asking for more than just a surface answer, share a more personal response that still respects boundaries. You don't have to offer a detailed explanation about why you feel what you feel. But at the same time, don't be cryptic. For instance, if you're feeling sick or in a kind of down mood, and you don't want to say much more than that, you can always offer, 
I'm a bit under the weather, or I'm having an off day, followed by something that gives the other person the sense that you're okay, such as that I'm able to rest today, so that's all good. If the other person says, oh no, what's wrong? And you don't want to say more, it's okay to say, oh, it's just a bug. It'll work its way out of my system. Or yeah, it's just something in passing. It'll go away soon. If they press you, you can offer, I appreciate your concern, but I doubt you want to hear the gory details. I'd rather just hear about how you're doing. When it comes to people close to you, you don't have to dress it up and say you're happy when you're not. If you're really needing to talk about how you're doing, check in with them. You can say, I'm not doing so well. Would you have a few minutes for me to tell you about what's going on? There's a chance they might say that it's not a good time and can you talk later? But there's an even bigger chance that they'll say, yes, tell me what's on your mind. Either way, someone who cares about you will be glad that you were truthful and that you trusted them. As I said in the beginning, this is a simple question with complex considerations. Even as I thought about this and thought about these different scenarios, my mind went off into different, well, what if directions. The bottom line is to notice if there's an opportunity to go beyond a reflexive, I'm fine, and to make a more human connection with the other person. It might seem risky, but right now, we need as much human connection as we can get. So let's be more intentional about that invitation to share a piece of ourselves and let it serve as a gateway to deeper empathy, compassion, and caring for one another. Now, if you listened to episode 77, the one just before this, you know that I love to get listener questions about your communication challenges. If you have a how can I say this question to submit for a future episode, you'll find the online submission form at howcanisaythis.com. You can also send me your question directly to beth at howcanisaythis.com. And no matter how you decide to submit a question, you have the option to be completely anonymous if you like. And if you enjoy this podcast, I really hope that you'll share it with family, friends, and colleagues. I also ask that you take a moment to leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you listen through. Your choice to review and subscribe really does make a big difference. It tells me that you're out there, and it tells me what you think of the show. And it also helps others make the decision about whether or not it's worth their time to listen. I'm so grateful to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show so far, and I really hope you'll consider joining them. This is Beth Bilo, and you have been listening to How Can I Say This? Our podcast producer is Paul Messing, and our theme music is by Brett Anderson. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. And I invite you to take what you've learned here and use it to speak up, speak out, and speak courageously. Courageously.